Nate? All right. I think I've done it. You did it. You did it. Oh, it's good to have you here. How's it going? It's going. It's going. Happy Friday. How are you? Happy Friday. I'm okay. I'm every day is in some way like a Friday now. So (laughs) I think, or I'm never really sure what day it is, but it's it's Friday. I know. I feel like I'm only keeping track of Fridays. That's like, yeah, like you said, every day is Friday. It's it's (laughs) really, really weird. But thanks for, thanks for joining me today, Nate. I'm I'm really excited to have you on Hark and Ramble. This is great. Yeah, I'm psyched. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, you know, I want to introduce you to my listeners. So this is Nate, and he is the host of another podcast called The Phasey Wave Show. Um, He's a creative. He's a father. He's a partner to the badass Nova. Um, I'm a huge huge fan of your wife. She's amazing. Um, You're an athlete. The list goes on. I mean, I know I'm still getting to know you, which is, you know, has been fun in itself. But I'm just super impressed. You're a really, really creative guy. And, you know, from music to photography to art, um, I'm just really excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks. I'm psyched. And this has been super fun. Um, I had you on my show. And it's just an awesome exchange to, uh, A, to learn more about people, but B, to kind of just like, I think, discover things. in just like having a more formal kind of conversation that maybe wouldn't come out, um, I don't know, just over drinks or, or a, a friend's party or what have you. So it's, it's been fun. I love the format and um, I'm obviously a, a fan of your show too. And I think Thanks, you, Steve. I think you sort of started this. So we well, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I feel like we sort of started around a similar time and honestly, like it's been super helpful to have you be doing, you know, starting a podcast as well, because, you know, I find that like just even checking in with each other, you've been really motivating for me. So I'm, I'm psyched. You know, I know you were sort of like, Brett, you know, get on, get on the Instagram and like figure <laughs> that out. But like, it's been really, it's been great to, you know, watch what you're doing and how, you know, see some of our similarities, but then also see our differences. So I, I really, this has been fun. Yeah. I've been talking about this a lot lately because I feel like um, through the social media lens at the moment, people are, you know, putting out there that this is a really, it's a hard time. Um, and by the way, I think it's impossible not to talk about covid and and oh, the absolutely. pandemic so we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna begin there and yeah, live there yeah. for a while yeah um, but uh, is is like you know you have all this time to be creative um and that's really cool i also think like daily life is is continuing on um despite the pandemic so you do have to build in that time but um it has yeah. been nice to have this outlet at the same mm. time, like, I'm like, shit, there goes a week. Oh, damn it. There's another week. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to get to edit that. And it's, and it just rips by. And yeah, um, like I'm working on I one know. today. And it's like, I wanted to, I'd love to be able to get them out weekly. That was like what I thought at first. And now I'm like, well, monthly, monthly could work I too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's, let's try to manifest that. I'm, I'm all about that. I mean, who knows? Maybe at some point, both you and I will just be like ripping out podcasts left and right. But 
I mean, I, I feel like we can give ourselves a little credit. We're we're making it happen where we can, especially like like you mentioned. I mean, amidst everything that's going on. So, I mean, you kind of jumped right into it. But but before we get into how yeah. you guys are doing with with all things COVID, you know, I just want to go over consent. You know, you know my drill with with the consent thing. Thank you. I love it. Um, thank you, and I, I appreciate your encouragement on that. That that really that made me feel good. Um, so you know that, you know, any questions I ask you, like only answer if you feel comfortable, never feel pressured to share more than you want to share. So Absolutely. that's my little, my little bit about consent, I but, proved. um, awesome. Thank you. What, um, how have you guys been doing with everything COVID? And, you know, I mentioned, you know, you're a father among many other things, you know, you're a lot of things, but you guys recently welcomed another, another baby into the family, a little baby boy. Yeah. So how, how are you guys doing? How are you managing? Uh, pretty well, I'd say, uh, all said and done. Um, definitely an interesting time to bring a new kiddo into the world but um almost like the silver lining has been we we have our own little ecosystem um Mm. and so i think where a lot of times you get pulled away we've really just had a lot of time with each other and especially for my daughter eloise who's three and a half i've spent so much time just um, you mentioned nova my wife but given that she's you know in the beginning moms really have the most important role I, mm. I can't do a ton of feeding. Um, so she she's at the forefront <laughs> of that. And it just takes away from time with Eloise, uh, you know, just based on demand. So having this yeah. time has been really cool. I feel like I've connected with her on a different level. And we've spent just so much really, really valuable time together. Um, mm. You probably really don't solid. remember being three and a half. I definitely don't. But it seems like a very very interesting time in one's life yeah yeah (laughs) so it's been and your daughter she seems very inquisitive you know I know I've only had the pleasure of meeting her a few times but she seems like she's got a very active active mind and I mean that makes sense given given her parents but so you guys are able to spend some real some real quality time together it sounds like yeah we had a bit of a head start um so Odin my son who we all call smudgy because when he was uh, in the womb, we called him Smudge as like a joke. That was the ultrasound picture Aww. that spit out one of the times. And we were like, oh, he looks like a smudge. And then <laughs> kind of evolved to Smudgy. And unfortunately, I, I fear that that's going <laughs> to stick for him because it's just it, his little personality popped out to match it I, perfectly. Oh, buddy. Um, but, you know, <laughs> he's a little smart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I can't remember where I was going with that, but it's, it's, uh, it's been nice to have the time to devote to being a father first. Yeah. And, um, we've had some side conversations, you and I, just about sort of like a general career pivot, or maybe not even so much of a pivot, but just a mindset shift. And all mm. of a sudden, like the most important job that I have is being a dad, um, mm. w- which is also the hardest job I've ever had by, I by bet. far. Um, I bet. And so this time has been really weird to also have a really kind of positive aspect of it, which has been like extra time to to work on that role of For being sure. a dad and 
Um, I can imagine. I mean, there's, you know, back to the COVID stuff. I mean, there's, there's no blueprint for how to, the how to, right, to like get through COVID. And it's been affecting so many of us in so many different ways. It's, you know, even though we're all in this together, there's so many like individual facets and, and a lot of like, you know, um, varied information in terms of like how it's impacting individuals and families. But then there's also, there's no blueprint about parenting, let alone parenting in COVID, (laughs) like during COVID, during this pandemic. So, yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, this makes me think because I, you know, I work with a lot of people um, who do have young kids and but also trying to be mindful that uh, every, it is it is something for everyone and like parenting doesn't get a, a pass it, it's hard but it's it's hard for everyone in in different ways because um, mm. I and just noting that like it is you know I couldn't imagine uh, being in an apartment by yourself or, or someone in a situation where like the the real isolation kind of takes hold like yeah I mentioned we have our own little ecosystem which has been great like our yard is our little sanctuary and our neighborhood has been an open place for us to be distant but also like see people around and and get outside Mm. so right yeah everyone's everyone's you know going about it uh, the way that they have to or the way and my my brother's in in new york city as is my uh mother-in-law and it's a just totally different ball game there so feel pretty grateful and I think through this like I've I personally have really tried to institute a bit of like a just gratitude uh meditation and um yeah just to remember that uh you know where we can remind ourselves to be grateful I'm finding is really helpful to me yeah yeah well said Nate well said um switching gears a little bit I I know you're a music guy you know you are interested in music I mean that's also we've you know you've woven that into your podcast what's on your playlist right now what can you recommend to us who are you know (laughs) in quarantine like what what's like the I don't know the go-to playlist that you've been listening to a lot right now oh man um, <laughs> that's a doozy I, I know stretch my brain for a second <laughs> uh, you want me so, to tell you what, I, what I'm listening to like on repeat a lot yeah okay so if anybody hasn't checked it out yet there is a playlist if, if you search it it's just called electronic focus and it has you know no lyrics it's just like beats and things like that and so when I'm doing art or when I'm writing or you know doing the occasional work for my job and stuff like that I'm I'm listening to that and I'm finding it like very motivating to have like a consistent beat going okay yeah I, yeah. I fully understand that mm. um yeah I I so I think since 2015 I've created a monthly playlist until about this year it kind of tapered a off monthly a monthly yeah might Damn. even be further back from that. And they're just tracks that, you know, I, I thought were great, new and old, a lot of times new. Um, and then, you know, Spotify at the end of each year puts out your your most listened to list. And yes, it's like I play love count that. and then they analyze it a little bit. And my fear this year is that um, I think the, the playlist I've been listening to most, it's either a Spotify list or someone has created it and it has a lot of spin. It's just called floating through space. 
<laughs> and okay. so my fear is that like all of my uh recommendations and all of my most my highest play counts will be against like essentially sleeping tracks like <laughs> ambient <laughs> there's yeah. not a whole lot going on um that's slightly nice. out of necessity just to there's there's uh i'd say a lot of traffic in our bedroom and it's not it's not good traffic if you will <laughs> mm-hmm, it's toddler mm-hmm. traffic and so the act of getting everyone back to sleep um that has yeah. aided in that process but aside Excellent. from that um i do hear you're you gonna on... need to send that to me though by the way just oh, any of brilliant. that i like i really love ambient i i like that stuff i can dig that stuff so i'm gonna have to hit you up especially if i know that you've got like some monthly playlist in your archives as well so yeah that's exactly it it is archives now um it's been (laughs) tough to keep up keep up on and what's sad is like now i see how that can kind of happen how that taper happens how how Mm -hmm. like slowly you just sort of disengage from what's new and what's out there Uh, and i'm trying Mm -hmm. not to let that happen but oh you're not letting that happen you (laughs) you are you are super hip and if that makes me like unhip to say that like I'm okay with that but (laughs) so there's a few categories because um as you know I run a lot and I go through different phases of running with and without headphones and currently Mm -hmm. I've I've been in one um with headphones uh particularly because I got finally a pair of headphones that will stay in my goddamn ears while I'm running Okay. Um, okay. And that's huge. So that's a huge thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're called Jaybirds. Jaybirds. Um, All right. So, like, uh, hip hop is definitely at the forefront of running because of that beat, because of sort of like the cadence control it offers. And just, I think um, I prefer it for that. Although I have, mm-hmm. I've run to like, you know, weird ambient germanic electronica and (laughs) all that type of Mm -hmm. stuff but i also um am trying to let my sister influence me on more of the kind of like new folk and and countryside too as well so um nice on that side of things i really like this this band new rose um digging this guy tim hill okay Um, and trying to think I mean, right there. Okay, so New Rose and Tim. You said Tim Hill. Those are two that I have not heard of. So that's a that's a great place to start. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's I'm always I'm always looking for you know new new music and new music recommendations. So that's yeah. helpful. Help. And if you think of more as we as we keep talking, feel free to you know. I could probably Just fill the know. next block, and I. <laughs> <laughs> but I am really excited for. Um, so there's a couple things I really like. Nick Hakem. Um, okay. I think that's how you pronounce his name, but I'm really excited about new stuff that he's going to be dropping. And then I okay. am a bit of a Frank Ocean nerd. Um, okay. I just think he's like one of the most brilliant. Uh, musicians, composers, whatever he is, because he's a lot of things um, in our generation. And so he supposedly is going to be dropping new music in 2020. And as things continually get canceled, postponed, I wouldn't be surprised, but um, Mm -hmm. always excited for what he's got going on. And then kind of in that realm, this group, or he's a guy, uh, TV Blonde, I've been listening to a lot in the kitchen. TV blonde. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So that's, yeah. 
This, that's this that's a great start, Nate. That's a great start, and that's high that's high praise for for Frank Ocean, and and you definitely named, you know, people that I haven't checked out, so I'm I'm gonna be sure to do that. Um, all right, cool, because I know we could go on and on and on about talking about music, because that's a passion of yours, um, and mine as well. So so we share that. But what what made you want to start your podcast? Like, what was it about? You know, using this medium. What was it that you got excited about in terms of, of starting, you know, your podcast. Yeah. Um, we, I think when you mentioned in the beginning, just being creative and thank you for that. Cause I often don't feel so creative and I would say professionally, um, I kind of worked myself into a career that is very client for first and focused and not necessarily creative. There are ways in which to be creative around sort of problem solving and, um in that realm but i would say like from a raw creative place it's definitely not that so the outlet is something that i'm constantly seeking um and i love podcasts uh what's kind of funny is uh, i'm not i wouldn't consider myself a great storyteller i'm actually the Mm -hmm. type of person who is like you know, while I may list detail oriented on, on my resume, I, I don't really feel like I'm a very detail oriented person. I love, I love high level and I look, kind of love to the point, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I guess is, I hope there are others out there. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> but I love podcasts. I love, <laughs> I love the format that's a, that is a podcast. Um, yeah. And so I just kind of wanted to give it a shot. And the reason why is that, um, as I get older and as I, you know, in therapy and, and in meditation and especially in running, which is kind of both of those combined, um, Mm. I've just really like gone back a bit and learned just how much of a perfectionist I am. And then Mm -hmm. the ways in which that has, um, in many cases ruined a lot of what could have been. And so I'm Mm. trying to do a lot less of that. Um, it's it's uh it's largely based around fear of you know just kind of fucking something up and then and then what happens is not starting it (laughs) so my goal with the podcast was kind of to just um and the theme that I'm kind of using is is to shut off perfect and yeah um to just sort of like just try it and and see what comes out of it and you know. And I so I so appreciate you like saying all the things that you just did because and, and I don't want to just like blanket statement this and, and you know, assume or project that, that you feel the way I feel. But like, I mean, there is a little there's a, an amount of vulnerability that goes into this. Totally. And, you know, I love that you mentioned about the shutting off perfect because, you know, that's that's a big theme of your podcast and, you know, it's something I'm trying to sort of weave into my podcasts as well. But like, so, so what does like shutting off perfect mean to you? And, and like, do you have a personal experience that you could kind of share when, when you've, you know, sort of recognized or, or done that for yourself? Yes. Uh, I mean, so many, a whole bag of those experiences, but I think, um, you know, there's been a, a theme around wearing a mask and professionally we often have to wear a mask and um, it's a good thing often just because we need that. We need to kind of have the confidence to be 
something that maybe we don't entirely think we are professionally mm-hmm. that's that's definitely come out for me uh, mm-hmm. but in just life too I think many many years I sort of tried to be my career that was the thing that I think I was most proud of and that was the thing that I really wanted people to see and and further and further along here I'm worried less about that uh, and it's mm-hmm. also a ba- an uphill battle that you know image and sort of ego and all that stuff uh, probably even a year ago I wouldn't want to talk about it so openly but I, I just feel mm-hmm. like it's really important for me to be verbal about it and to uh, kind of like let the cat out of the bag <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I hear you. I absolutely yeah. hear you on that. And it's, it's hard and it's not always like, you know, some days it comes more naturally or, or easier than others. I don't know if that's your experience, but like some absolutely. days I'm like, screw it, you know, to me today, it's just like, this is me and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to give an F about what anybody else thinks about and, or, you know, just like what anybody else thinks. And then, you know, the next day, like some of those insecurities could creep back in or self-doubt or self-critic or whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to hear you say day. Cause I feel like mine is sometimes hour to hour. So sure. <laughs> um, but sure. yeah, I think, um, you know, whether it's like, you know, financial gains or, or just the car you drive or whatever, like I've definitely subscribed to some of that stuff that in a situation like this is great, right? So like, what if all of that stuff is taken away? What are you sort of left with? And um, Mm. what I'm kind of left with is, is really wanting to be a creator because I feel mm-hmm. like I've always been that, but I, I feel like it's always the first valve I'm trying to shut too. And I, I really don't have an answer as to why. I think yeah. for many years through my education and just kind of growing up, um, I, it was really important to sort of become this thing that wasn't coming so easy to me. So mm-hmm. <laughs> first and foremost, good at school, uh, which mm-hmm. was not an easy um, you know, roller coaster for me. Um, and then to, you know, be uh, someone who's just smart enough to slide in a great career, which was also, you know, an uphill climb. And um, I, I felt like those things were so important. I didn't embrace what was really organic to me. Mm. So packing a lot into <laughs> what I want this podcast to be, um, it's it's really just a tiny, tiny effort to uh, allow some of that more organic stuff to just come out. Now, we'll yeah. say, like, I'm editing it, I'm recording it, I'm doing everything you're doing. And so, like, the shutting off perfect becomes really hard, especially when I'm, like, you know, in these granular audio tracks trying to correct the levels and stuff myself. And, and that stuff all just kind of pops out. So yeah. it's a constant yeah. effort. For sure. I, I hear you in that. And one of the things that sort of just came up for me as, as you were talking and as you were sharing is, you know, when you're talking about creating, I mean, something that I think about when people create or when people are creators, it's a it's emotional. Like it's like it's not something that like I feel like you can do and just be numb. Yeah. So I, I want you know, like I wonder if like it's vulnerable, you know, like you said before. It, yeah. It's vulnerable and, and it brings up feelings, whether it's feelings of, you know, um worry or stress about what other people will perceive or, you know, a whole a whole range of, of emotions. So 
I mean, I, I get it. I get that, like, maybe for a time creating wasn't on the forefront because sometimes, you know, it's it's challenging to tap into that stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, what, what were you drawn to growing up? I'm just curious, like, was it um, art or music? Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that came so naturally. <laughs> I mean, it's true that, you know, I think some of the like stuff I learned at eight and nine just around sort of rock angst and that stuff, you know, is still with me in my thirties. And um, yeah, music was a huge part of that. And my mom was an artist. She still is an artist um, in so many ways. I don't, you can't really, she, I wouldn't be able to say like, she's a painter because she just has so many different creative outlets. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, so I was just, I was, drawn to music because it kind of spoke to me like this to a lot of people um, but then just sort of with a with a creative mindset like knowing that those outlets existed whether it was you know being outside or working outside or what have you like that was always very much a part of our our childhood nice nice and you you have a very um you know, I don't, I don't want everybody to now like go and like stalk your Instagram page, but like you have a, like you have a great eye for um, images as well. And, um, you know, not to like say that I'm like the best judge or anything like that, but you know, my brother's a photojournalist. Like I I've grown up around a lot of image makers and I feel like you've got a a very artistic eye for how you capture. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. As I'm, trying to actively spend less time on Instagram but um yeah I I, hear it (laughs) I mean it just I I, that's one of another one of those things is that I see it and it sort of it it moves me and it's nothing more than that um and you know especially for whatever reason this house that we live in gets the best southerly um light in the morning and it's just just like super deep orange um and I think you've been over here before, but we ha- I yeah. ha- have tons of plants uh, and mm. I'm sort of a house plant nut. And so sometimes I just see it and I'm like, you know, as easy as the iPhone makes it just snap away. But yeah, thanks for that. I, I, I enjoy that. It's another simple thing that sort of there's no it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it, it makes me happy in like a teeny little blip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's amazing, Nate. And, and, you know, kind of coming back to the theme core of, of what you're making your podcast all about, which, which I love, and I know it's an evolving process, but like for, for somebody who maybe on the outside was like, Oh, Nate's got it all together. Like, what would you, what would you say to that person? Like, you know, (laughs) like, Oh, this comes naturally. All of this comes easy to Nate. Like what, what would you say to that person? Uh, I would I would sit them down uh, and talk to them because <laughs> well I think you know not, that was um, for anyone who's listened to the episode with Jeff Packard it, it sort of to flip it um, I think I've experienced that so often where I think people are you know really have it together and I really admire that and and I'm almost intimidated by that just in kind of a competitive way and certainly have been in the past and then you you dig a bit deeper and find out that like that's really just not the case Mm. um yeah I would say like that's just you know I think we're all kind of working at a lot of different things all at once and it's sort of that old like you never know what someone carries around Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I love that. That that reminds me of what you and I chatted about when I was on your podcast about just like how does judgment really serve us in that sense, you know? Like we don't know like what what looks like one way on the outside. We don't we don't know the backstory yeah. behind anything, right? And like here you are, you're doing this thing, you're creating a podcast. It's creative and it's also crazy vulnerable so you know like <laughs> it's funny because i uh, you know like nova is such a a nova's incredible creative as well and she's also a really talented writer um mm. and oh, i can hear my toddler looming um <laughs> so you know i'll have her listen and one thing she mentioned which really has stuck with me I actually wrote it down because i it's something i'm working towards is like she listened and she you know they're like 45 50 minutes so she gets done and she's like yeah you know I really like it and and I believe that's true but then she adds a little bit more which is like I feel like you're trying to make a podcast sound like a podcast and that mm. I, that really like hit because I was like here I am trying to do something that's that is creative and, and is me but at the same time when you start playing guitar you start playing covers right because mm-hmm. like you're trying to learn songs and so I think of my podcast as like in that phase of I'm just trying to learn some songs and then mm-hmm. once you get a little bit better at those songs you can start to write your own shitty songs in your bedroom <laughs> and then like yes. maybe you might have the courage to play at a open mic and then you know maybe you'll put an album out but like <laughs> it's definitely it's not a um it's it's not something that I, I think people get really lucky when like all of a sudden they strike a really original tone. It's sort of a format you follow. Um, yeah, so I'm yeah. trying to be conscious of that as well. Hell and, yes. And that's I hard. I love that analogy. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. That is hard. And, you know, it's making me think about, I, I just did like a little brief snippet um, ramble after a session that I had with my brother, just sort of talking about the process of of creativity and like, how so often we can get focused on the end goal and not necessarily like be in the moment. And, you know, he mentioned like in order to be creative, you can't, you can't really like stifle that creative energy. You have to just kind of be in the moment and not so much be worried about the product, which is always easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that, that um, connection to, to music. Um you know, I, I want to mention, because I know when I asked you to be on my podcast, I want to talk to you just a little bit about running, um, yeah. because you, you run marathons and, I've you know, run you've, okay. So you've run <laughs> two. You, that to me, that is running marathons. Um, gosh. And, you know, your, your podcast is about, you know, shutting off the perfect. I'm curious for you. So from what I know of marathon running, and that's not my sport, um, it takes incredible amount of self-discipline so how do you draw the line between like perfection and self-discipline like what is in your opinion what's the difference there for you yeah that's such a wild sort of uh juxtaposition especially Mm. with running because i think the thing that um you hear a lot about running is like you really need to learn how to run your own race um, because there's always someone who's faster than you, who has better form, who can run further. And um, it, it like, you just, that's something that you have to kind of remember. 
Um, mm. And with running, it's it's like it's an it just like we we just talked about like you you hear kind of couch to 5k and all those different programs and i think they are actually really great because you don't really just get out there and, and do a marathon and no one does um you really have to thank god follow the process <laughs> um or you you know not only will you get hurt but like you you just won't be able to do it so um I think like it's almost perfect to shut off uh, or it's almost easy to shut off perfect while running because I don't even know if there is a perfect running, but Mm. the discipline, I think um, my backbone in that comes from definitely playing sports growing up, certainly playing lacrosse um, and, and being fortunate to have some pretty awesome coaches along the way. Um, to kind of build in the like you know it sounds like a, a no fear poster but like if you remember no fear <laughs> but like no, no pain do. no gain like you know there yeah. is sort of a there is kind of a, a point in which like just pushing through even though it's not comfortable is um is going to be the thing that's going to kind of get you to that next level and it's certainly true with running and especially distance running whereas like you're mostly in that and you'll you'll hear a lot of like world-class runners um i i read meb's book meb one i think the 2014 boston marathon along with other marathons but like it's basically a journal of his training and and a play-by-play of each race um that only running nerds i think would read because it's literally like a play-by-play of a 26.2 mile race but Mm. um I mean, most of the running in those races is like you're in pain or something's yeah. gone wrong or he has one awesome race. I think it was like Chicago where he got into the first couple miles and he realized that the nose strip he usually wears on his nose, like the breathe right strip, he yeah, had yeah. put it in his shoe to like transfer <gasps> it to the race. But then it like dawned on him that it was still in there. No. And like, for those guys, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's money too. like, they, they, their endorsements and whomever to get through the race and, and wherever you place is there are definitely, definitely some monetary gains. But so yeah. you, basically, you, if you pull out your, it's not so good. That's his job, essentially. So yeah. he ran the whole thing with this breathe right strip. I believe now I'd have to go back and check because I don't because I know there are other races he stopped. But um so most of it is, you know, it's the discipline that's that's sort of outweighing the perfectionism because it's just not going to ever be perfect. And what's yeah. cool about that that I really love is like, you know, I'll just jump out here this afternoon and here we are in late April and May or in Maine and um, it's it's still 40 something. There's there's no sun in the sky. It's like my least favorite running weather. But mm. um, so right, already right off from the jump, it's not it's not perfect. But like at the end, when you wrap it up and you're like stretching and you have done it, it's like it's worth that the the discipline you push through. Because uh, I know for me, just mentally and physically, I just feel so much better having done it. Wow. So so while you're doing it, it's like I think I'm hearing like you 
you know there's times if not the majority of the time that like this is gonna hurt and this is not gonna be perfect but we're gonna do this anyway like yeah totally what like what what do you find it's a little masochistic your... I, I mean <laughs> well either that or just incredibly self-disciplined i mean maybe a little bit of both but like, like... what's the reward <laughs> <laughs> no no i was just gonna ask like what what is the motto or what are you thinking about while you're doing that i'm i'm so curious and and i've played sports over the years but i i've never nor do i think i would personally and who knows i can't knock it until i can until you try it but like that's a that is a long way to run so like what are you what what thoughts are going on in your head while you're running are you thinking about life are you trying not to think about things are you I, I'm trying to remember because I, I I recently read something that someone had said um, just about that because I think this question comes up a lot and like yeah there are ways to sort of um, one of my favorite brands District Vision they do uh, movement meditations and you can listen mm-hmm. to them they're actually on Spotify um, okay I'm, or or sorry SoundCloud um, okay. which is it's meditating you know while moving in a very different way than you think of traditional meditation. But, um, you know, the, the idea is that like, yeah, there are ways to sort of engage your mind and be conscious of what you're doing while you're moving. But I mean, most times um, you're not thinking about anything because <laughs> you're running and, and often like, um, you know, that that's a, a job in itself. But yeah. just, just to kind of go back, I think there are ways to like gamify it a bit. So, um, you know, it's why people, I think, run with crews a lot or run with groups, clubs, whatever is like running with people gives you at least like a benchmark. Um, and Mm. then, and then also if it's, if you are running with a bigger group, there are likely people who run at your pace and run at your level. And it's just, it's, it's like good for camaraderie. Um, So is it like a, like a pack mentality kind of like you're in like a pack? Yeah, but I think if you run actively, you're always you're always improving, or you're always mm-hmm. kind of fighting through the shit too, like injuries, and um, so to have some more understanding around that um, is really helpful because mm. uh, mm. mostly you're running with some type of injury always. Maybe I'm just speaking for the other thirty six year olds that like uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have been injury free for about you know at least a couple decades now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hear that. And one of the things that I keep going back to is something you said when we first started talking about running and and you said somebody's always going to be better than you. Is that correct? Did you yeah, say that? Yeah, way better. So like so so just talk me through that just briefly. Like what like how do you so you're not doing it for them, obviously. No. Like, or are you? Are you no. trying to beat them? Like No, it's uh, that was another thing I I've seen somewhere that I love um, you know, marathon training can be obnoxious to other people because when you're in it, like it, 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 first of all, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. So if you're in a a family, like they know all about it, you're doing a lot of quantitative stuff because you're, you're trying to like run against certain goal paces and then, you know, tapering down from a different, a varying set of goals. You may have a goal of what you want to hit and finish that race with, um 
and what have you. But so there is a quantifiable, quantifiable element. Um, and mm. people who are into that can talk about that all night. Generally, mm-hmm. no one gives a shit about that. And so you're talking their ears <laughs> off or they don't want to hear about running, which is, you know, just about uh, when you're when you're getting close to a race, you're most obnoxious. But um, <laughs> I saw somewhere, you know, people who are not running marathons and someone says, oh, just, you know, just ran a marathon. And someone says, oh, cool. Did you win it? And, and mm. runners are like, uh, like, that's, that's so far from the point. Um, mm-hmm. Because back to my, you know, what I said previously is you, I think more than anything, what's super cool about running is you are running against yourself. So, so many of the, the teachings and the things that come from it are really just this kind of like self-awareness into your own running. Um, and that broadens easily out, out through life. At least it has for me. Um, that is really cool. That is really cool. And when I like truly think about it, like how many sports are you being an individual, but you're also participating in community? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there's this whole other community of people that are also doing this thing in tandem, you know, parallel to you, but you're really, you know, what I'm hearing is like, you're really doing it for you. Yeah. I'm about to um, drop a episode with um, a friend of mine um, named Rahim Robinson. And, and he talks a lot about climbing. Climbing is something ah. that he discovered and it's, it's the same thing. It's a really, so you can have that team element um, or mm-hmm. it can be a very, very personal sport. Really, you are the one who is working to, for the gains and there is mm-hmm. no winning. The winning comes in like bite-sized pieces of like, you know, you've finished a project or you've finished a particular route. But in terms of like winning, you, you don't leave the rock gym or, or leave a bouldering um, session like having won. You just leave with mm-hmm. more experience mm-hmm. to, to go back next time. Yeah. So I see yeah, running from, from as a, like a very, very, uh, you know, there is community, but it's a very individual sport. I really, I really appreciate that. And from like a psychological sort of like just observing, you know, or even just taking in what you're talking about, um, that, that really interests me, like where that motivation comes from. And, and, you know, like we said, like the, the, the parallel and the um, different, like differentiate between self-discipline and then you know perfection and I I appreciate that Nate um yeah so I'm just I'm being mindful of our time here I want to before we close before we close up I just want to ask you two last questions so you know I so appreciate everything that you you know shared today it's always a pleasure to talk to you I feel like I kind of have like a a podcasting, you know, buddy out there in the world who <laughs> had put, you know, is putting his stuff out there and, and doing the creative thing. And, and I, I really appreciate, you know, podcast just homies. How, yeah, podcast homies for sure. I, I love it. Um, but what I, what I want to ask you before we close today is what's something that scares you? And I know like, obviously there's a lot of things that are pretty scary in the world right now. So answer that however you want to answer that. Yeah. That, that's a that's a huge one um so many things <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i think one thing and especially through this is um just how easy it is for uh and i don't even know how to articulate this well i i think i so i consider myself a 
highly sensitive person. Um, mm. I think I always have been. I was always really affected in school and whatnot when people were really mean to each other. And that is definitely not to say I've never been mean to anyone or unkind, but it always really emotionally affected me. Okay. And one thing that like really scares me is it just feels like there is a lot of meanness and unkind mentalities that are so easily accessed nowadays and mm. and then ignited by things that are much bigger than a person so particular media media outfits or um but it, it really scares me that um misinformation can take on a life of its own and almost become a truth and then mm-hmm. uh, because of that sort of like uh, igniting of whatever that untruth may be you have sort mm-hmm. of this like pack mentality that um is really pushing something that's pretty dangerous yeah fueling 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 the yeah fueling yeah hatred i mean is the word that i'm kind of coming up short on but that it is really what it is and um that really scares me more than anything because i think that we really you know we're seeing now like science is a pretty damn important thing um and Mm -hmm. when we forget Mm -hmm. that or or not even forget that but when we disregard that um you know there's a lot of access for people who want to uh you know use it to their advantage um and that's really scary to me I, you know, I just have to pause and just say, like, and I'm not just blowing smoke here. I was, I was just really touched by what you just said, because as, as a male, like, I feel like not a lot of men have the bravery to share what you just shared. So I I know that, you know, for you, your goal is, you know, you've been stripping away, working on, you know, working on those layers and, and working on that mask and things like that. And, you just, you just did that. Like, I feel like a lot of people could really benefit from hearing that kind of perspective because, you know, there's just a, there's a lot of, you know, potentially toxic masculinity out there. And like, you know, I think we've come a long way, but just hearing about, you know, your experience and, and your sensitivity and your desire for kindness towards each other. I just think, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And that is with the caveat that I'm definitely not perfect. And, and you know, I think yeah. it, it's easy to, um, it is easy to subscribe to the things that you believe in. And that, and we're, you know, from a political purview, we're seeing that fueling on the left and the right. And we're seeing, you know, some crossbreeding, if you will, of, of the left and the right mixing mm-hmm. just to <laughs> fuel other sides anyway, it's a huge it's a huge thing but I, I do appreciate that and I, it is again like probably a year ago I'm not sure I'd, I'd really want to put that out there but it is important to me because uh you know we are uh it's delicate it's a it's a delicate process and I'll just underline and say that you know having children has definitely changed that for me um yeah, uh, you hear yeah. about that, but I it like really changed the makeup. Ah, oh, right on, Nate. Like honestly, like I'm I'm over here. I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday, dude. Um, <laughs> podcast homie. Um, all right. So so now that I've asked you about something that scares you, how about something that makes you feel alive? Mm. Um, I guess just uh, that's a uh, man. I wish I had 
I wish you sent these before. Um, hey, we're, we're <laughs> you know, just we're imperfect, right? So <laughs> just go for it. There is no wrong answer. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, just the fact that with the pessimism, I think, does come optimism, too. Um, you know, like, I think I, I was listening yesterday to NPR and they were talking about um, homes and how, like, certain pandemics had um, influenced interior design and like how the mm. downstairs bathroom in Victorian homes actually came from the need of having like the person delivering anything to use that restroom to wash their hands so they wouldn't spread disease. And so, no shit. yeah, it's just, it, I know what? I felt the same way. And so like, I think that as much as we see the negative, there are a lot of people who are very smart and, and, um, creative and can take opportunities like this um, not in an opportunistic way but as a way to just like recalibrate design and recalibrate life because I don't it doesn't feel I, I kind of do feel like we're stuck in the 90s a lot with better smartphones and I just mm. think that like there, <laughs> there's a opp- you heard it here first <laughs> There's an opportunity to like take the next step. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, like I think design will be a huge lead in that process. And um, I think that there are ways that we can kind of like we've really complicated the way we've lived. Um, we like mm. put out all these conveniences and efficiencies, but really it just makes us totally fucking insane. And, and mm. <laughs> at some point we have to like marry the two. And I believe Mm -hmm. that design is going to be that thing. It's going to be the thing that helps us simplify and kind of get back to like the human perspective. But but Mm -hmm. that's not to say we won't have technology that, you know, aids us with efficiencies and and just smarter living. Um, So I smarter living. I feel optimistic that um, whether it's food or environment or you know whatever it may be like there are a lot of people just as many as we see who are in a kind of dark and negative space doing harm to the world there's just as many who want to improve things and and do it right nice nice that's a i love that so smarter living so that that that's making you that makes you feel more alive and and gives you gives you hope it sounds like too and running um and running, and running. <laughs> Who can forget the running? Um, Nate, where can where can people check out your show to support your show? And you know, I really love the show. I can't wait to see where you're going with it. Yeah. So, yeah, how can people check out your work? Uh, you can go to www.phasywave.show, and that will bring you to all the episodes. You can also find it on Spotify, um, and my Instagram. I have to look because I always forget what I do trying to an episode out again episode four with rob robinson um 